0: For twenty seconds, okay. No, <laughs> oh, I'm, we're live already. No, we're not. That would be great. It, like, cues up. Welcome to the podcast. We still, by the way, need to fucking script something. Yeah, um, absolutely. And have some kind of flow where you say something and I say something, and it's not like kind of like, oh, we're supposed to say something, but I'm not sure what's happening right now. <laughs> oh yeah, well, I think if we prepared,
1: you know, more than like a day, <laughs> that would probably help.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, well, I think
1: switching over to the uh, every other week should help. I mean, if I can have something by like midweek on the first week, you know, so we can start studying, I think that'd be good.
0: Yeah, for me, a lot of this stuff, like I'm so engrossed in, like at least all the subjects that we've covered, like. I don't feel I need, you know, I need to find videos and things that I think are interesting and things that I'd like to say that other people can say that might be taken more seriously than, than me, but. You know, as a general yeah. statement.
1: Yeah. Well, welcome to A thunderous Applause. I'm Zach.
0: And I'm Steve. And, and we've been is... live for about 30 seconds. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> with thunderous Applause, the podcast where two friends with differing points of view uh, discuss current events. And today we are talking about bright green lies. Yes.
1: It's going to be great because it just beats down my point of view
0: entirely. <laughs> that's right. And I think it's an important perspective that's missing in um the popular conversation, the popular discourse on environmental issues. Um and in a lot of the material that we're going to cover today discusses that. Oh, for sure. Um, but first, let's check in. What's up, dude?
3: <sighs>
1: Oh, uh, nothing much just scheduling work for you know Rachel to go inspect and making phone calls to get people all lined up and making sure we got steady workflow and then uh cleaned up the backyard so we can plant some uh some poppy seeds hopefully have some poppies by the end of the season cool. and then have them spread throughout the backyard like
0: a weed <laughs> uh which uh, uh, cultivated like nursery cultivar or like a California poppy
1: uh, California poppy and a mix of, I believe the cultivated ones. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I two mean, different seed packets.
0: Yeah. There are, I mean, poppies are like most flowers. There's dozens and dozens of yeah. horticultural varieties. Um, so yeah, that's interesting. Um, I hope that works out for you. I, I also like to keep poppies, the annual grasses always wind up poking through, mm-hmm. um, and you have to go through but it really does have a good weed suppressing uh, effect
2: that's um, what i made them for yeah yeah because
1: mm-hmm. uh, uh, during the winter i've got the um the oxalis or wood sorrel yeah um that grows up and blocks out a lot of stuff like it spreads up and it spreads fast uh and so i've got a whole lot of that going on and i figured i just need something during the summer when it's drier because the um uh, the, the oxalis dies off like Late April, usually, it's just not you know built for the heat, and so right. I gotta have something to take over once it dies off that isn't uh, nettle.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, that's cool, man. That's cool. I'm glad you're doing that on your little postage stamp in the right, like it's yeah, oh, it's, yard, right?
1: it's it's probably like thirty by
0: thirty, I think. Okay. Yeah, okay. it's it's not tiny,
1: but yeah, and then
0: uh, it's big enough to hang out and drink some beers in.
1: Yeah, yeah, and then like there's some there's some holdovers. We got some uh, some sage that uh, mm. just kept on going from last year. We got uh, strawberries, and then oh, awesome. uh, artichokes,
0: artichokes that are, are hung out. Yeah, um, artichokes, and it's uh, their wild cousin. I don't ha- oh, do I have any? No, I don't have any artichokes right now. And the f- fucking pocket gophers have gotten most everything in my yard for whatever reason. Oh no, um, what about the but- cat? well he's working at it if he's not fucking sleeping in my damn chair making me stand up while i fucking have a cigarette um <laughs> he's cool though he's cool we adopted a well, more or less adopted a a feral cat or a neighborhood cat um he is neutered and has an ear clip so we think he must have been like one of those strays that gets captured by the city and then uh, sterilized and returned yeah, yeah. um but uh he's pretty chill man we've actually been feeding him and fighting off all the other neighborhood cats that come around and uh we've been applying flea medicine to him crucial um and i think the plan is what i told him what i told the cat was that uh if he kills two gophers that will make him an indoor cat so part of the flea medicine and stuff is just kind of ensuring that he's not carrying a population um yeah and the other thing is, is we're gonna catch him. Um, and he's cool, we can pick him up and pet him and stuff. He's really chill. Yeah. um he's not one of those cats that that plays by batting either, which I fucking hate because cat claws are sharp as shit. Mm-hmm. But anyway, he's a he's a really low key cat, and but we do wanna catch him and take him to the vet and have him inspected. See, um, make sure he doesn't have a chip and doesn't actually belong to someone and he's just coming over here to eat because we feed him better food um, <laughs> you know or we just feed him more regularly you know like some people that have an outdoor cat they just like uh, and especially I mean maybe that's too much for just a check-in but I have some pretty kind of shifty ass neighbors in or people that live in my neighborhood that I could totally imagine like Someone, they get a kitten, and then after that, it's like, oh, whatever, and then it'll be like, there's a bowl there, but it's empty, and no one even fucking thinks, because, like, yeah, yeah they have six cats, and they have 30 fucking chickens that breed, and they're just like, well, they're my pets. I can't keep them in a yard. I was like, well, my fucking chickens are in the yard. My chickens aren't coming over there and ripping up your fucking garden, bro.
1: Yeah. yeah. Hey, if they come in your yard,
0: they're your chickens. They come in my yard, I shoot them, and then the fucking guy a couple lots over was yelling at me for shooting at his fucking chickens. I was like, keep your fucking chickens on your side. Yeah, what does he like, want? Your chickens, you can't. I was like, my chickens have a yard and they never leave. Do you know why? Because it's I beta. provide them the needs <laughs> that they have. I per- I meet their needs, and then they have no desire. I mean, yeah. they get out occasionally and they fucking hunt for bugs and shit, but it's not it's not a problem. And the other thing is, is that even if they do get out, and I'm like, ah oh, fuck, the chicken ripped something up, at least I can go to the box and be like, oh, I'm gonna make an omelet. <laughs> you know, his chickens give me fucking nothing. Yeah. In fact, all of their eggs are fertilized and hatch into chicks that mostly get picked off by hawks and cats and shit.
1: Yeah. Like, the they don't cats. even care. They're
0: just feral, feral fucking chickens, man. Yeah, at that point. Jeez. I'd rather have fair and I don't like feral cats either. No. Or dogs, actually, because then they pack up and then they fucking kill shit. Yeah. Well, animals do what animals do. But I just don't want his animals doing it in on my side of the fence. And if they come over here, I use my pellet gun and try to remove them which trying is trying to make some maybe food not a good way to lead like a serious conversation about how like i'm an environmentalist
1: and, <laughs> and you how, can, i you, I got, think you gotta
0: go the wrong direction i'm like i've <laughs> murdered that motherfucker <laughs> you're calling the herd man calling the herd. hey man livestock is livestock
1: that's and, very true even if it's pretty wild
0: <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um you know, if if somebody's uh, you know, dog came over and started like you know, dog came over and killed a fucking sheep, you wouldn't think twice to shoot the dog. Like, no, no, like, I want chickens so they can eat my fucking insects. I got way too
1: damn many insects. Yeah, you got a oh, small
0: oh. space. I don't think they'd appreciate you getting a chicken.
1: No, nah, they didn't even like me getting like vining plants that went over the fence. So I had a yeah. doubt they'd you know take to chickens making noise. I remember in the morning, you telling right? me that?
0: Right? Yeah. So, uh, my uh tech uh, guru, what do we have lined up for this evening's show?
1: Well, we've got a trailer for The Bright Green Lies and then uh, a couple of clips an interview with uh Max last name to be inserted Wilbert, uh, Wilbert there we go uh, and then I got a video from a channel called Neely Makes where it's kind of like how it's made but it's just some dude Who's not famous uh and has probably is it curiosity
0: known? stream or still on YouTube
1: no still on YouTube I don't have a subscription to Curiosity Stream oh, okay. I've, I've been thinking about it. it seems like it's a pretty good deal I've
0: heard a lot of like larger YouTube creators like that do those kinds of educational channels yeah. actually like they still keep their YouTube but like because the ad revenues are so shit like right. they're like hey we want to actually make this a profession we need another thing and Curiosity Stream is like a platform made for people like that. Yeah to and then- the content they want.
1: Yeah, a lot of the ones that I watch, they also, um, they, they they have another one called Nebula, and so you do Curiosity oh, yeah. Stream, you get Nebula. Yeah, yeah. I think about it more and more. That's what I meant.
0: I think I yeah. meant Nebula. I think.
1: Yeah, especially especially as Netflix is like jacking up the price more and more for the same not so great content.
0: <sighs> We've
1: been writing down all the things we watch and being like, do we really need to pay for this crap anymore? Probably not
0: that's where we're at and it's like how many okay we're watching uh we got hbo max and like of course hbo's got a bunch of cool shit but like out of all of it like what are we doing we're watching game of thrones again (laughs) yeah and if it's not game of thrones you know what we're watching a rerun or a fucking episode of rick and morty for like the eighth or tenth time right like
1: no and that's a great point is like most recently we've been watching bob's burgers Mm -hmm. uh from season one to season 10 again i'm downloading season uh, 11 and 12 as I can get them. And then uh, we're doing uh, on Netflix. We end up watching like the Witcher or Rachel will watch Bridgerton. And I was like, wait, there's sex in this show. I got to watch this too. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we end up watching things that we've already watched. And it's just like, this isn't really all that great. Dude,
0: dude, I mean, I know this is totally off topic, but it's, it, I think it's an interesting thing. So let's fucking roll with it. Um, do you think that's just decision fatigue? Because we're just bombarded Going by so much content, like, like, I don't know what any of this is, but I know that I like Game of Thrones. So, let's e- oh, absolutely,
1: of- oh, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's it's very much like you know when you step into the grocery store and you're like, I want peanut butter. You know, right. I've been having the same type of peanut butter for years. Maybe I should try something different. Holy shit, there's 50 different types of peanut butter. I'm gonna get the Adams. All right, we're good.
0: Yeah, the Go grocery hard. store brand, yeah, chunky, depending on your preference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Totally it better, is
1: all right? the same, bro. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Yeah. Uh, And actually, I think some of those... I get the stuff with oil on the top. You know, it's got like...
0: Oh, the natural? Yeah, yeah. You know, we did natural for a long time. And there's something about the emulsification. Like, most of it's just the constant fucking stirring. Especially when you start a new jar and the bottom's all super dry. Like, I fucking hate that. Now, if you get a good mix on a jar Mm -hmm. and, like, it's the natural peanut butter, like, Mm -hmm. I'm totally down for that. But we wind up just getting this store brand that's probably made by jiffy or some other big peanut butter manufacturer right. and then they just get paid to slap a grocery store label on
1: it i will say that when it comes to the uh jam it does make a difference because uh, i oh. purchased quote jam and it was very much a jelly you know where it's like big chunks of like you know just pectin and it doesn't spread well and all that stuff oh i hate yeah. it
0: no and if you're gonna spring that's where i spring right like i I spring on good preserves you know absolutely Um, now i know exactly can't go with the
1: select store brand or whatever the hell it's called from
0: um sometimes they sell like a more premium jam under a store brand but i it you don't go for like smuckers or any of that garbage yeah yeah um yeah i that knott's berry farm stuff And that's just a personal opinion. It is not the opinion of this show. No, I'm just kidding. None of this is nonsense. fucking sucks, dude. <laughs> give, me, give, me some
1: fucking, give me some fucking money, Knott's Berry Farm. Uh, Great, <laughs> uh, right, man. A, yeah, yeah. And then we also got uh, just an electric versus gas breakdown. I found a short video. It's just done by a channel called Verify. I didn't look into them. I don't know if they're all that, you know great or honest or whatever, but, you know, it's, it was just like a quick, like minute breakdown of like, oh yeah, here is you know, what we could find about, uh, 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 costs of, you know, extracting oil and building a car versus the cost of extracting oil and building, or sorry, extracting lithium and building an electric car. And then over the lifetime, you know, which one uses more carbon? That was it. So we'll see. Uh, but yeah, we can go ahead and uh, get started. So let's go to our first one. We're in the midst of a sixth major extinction
4: of life on this planet.
2: Paper or plastic is really not the question at this point. It's life versus a bare rock. High voltage, keep out, authorized personnel. What's going on back here? This movement that was
4: so honorable and so impassioned has turned into something completely different. It's all become, how do we continue to fuel this destruction?
2: There is a push for a 100% renewable world. What they don't talk about are the unseen harms caused by these technologies.
1: You may not directly be seeing any smoke come out of any smokestacks, but that doesn't mean it's not
3: happening. Companies are involved in these activities to make money. They're not trying to displace or change other things.
2: What they're actually talking about is sustaining high energy ways of life at the expense of the natural world.
1: I'm not comfortable with an industry that deceives me about
2: something as important as climate change. They claim it is good for the environment when actually it is harmful for the environment. This shit ain't green. This shit ain't green.
1: I love that.
0: This shit ain't green. I actually have the book um I participated in a fundraiser what no, network, but yeah yeah okay spacebar an accident oops um yeah man I actually have a copy of the book I haven't read the whole thing I started reading um started reading it uh the thing is is that I kind of want to read it to my kids Okay. and having them in a position where like you know our kids have kind of like you can't just say hey it's time to sit down and read like they have to kind of be in a state um yeah. to sit still and like hear it um and integrate the concepts or whatever and really kind of tackle it but like it's it's well written um they don't use complicated jargon um okay very skilled writers um and uh Max and Lier, uh which was the woman with the gray hair and the hat um and Derek Jensen are the co-authors on that yeah and uh I got it as a as a oh I guess kind of like a silent auction gift uh at a fundraiser they were doing so oh okay so I have a signed copy and I've actually oh, met man. Max I did a direct action training that he held um um up in uh Pacific Northwest yeah some of the stuff in the next uh, video he talks about more direct action uh, yeah. And so I'll save it for that. But yeah. um, one of the things I like about that is they're just kind of like when he says this, this shit ain't green, which is just a great line. <laughs> and, and A lot of the images they show of like a logging truck and like all these things, it's like, you know, like environmentalism used to be about like preserving the natural world. Yeah. And the, the creatures that inhabit it and finding a way To make human, like us meeting our basic needs, much less impactful, less extractive and more facilitative maybe is the right word. Or we help, Uh, we use our brains and our hands and our ability to think in long, you know, long uh, time periods forward. And we use that to manage landscapes in a productive way that benefits us and benefits other organisms and benefits the system as a whole. Including the abiotic elements like nutrient cycling and hydrology, right? And and instead we have a system that just like pulls everything out and is destroying it. I think Lierre in that clip or in that trailer, um, said something to the effect of like, like we're basically looking at an uninhabitable rock. And so I wanted to yeah, ask, that was pretty Um, have you ever heard the statistic that something like um, well everybody knows like Silent Spring, right? And like Rachel Carson mm-hmm. was like. Oh, the birds aren't singing right now, and how impactful just that idea was to like, right, us right, about agricultural chemicals differently. Um, but have you heard like, uh, you know, anything about, um, you know, you, you, or the, you know, old people be like, oh, you used to drive down this highway and you had to keep the windows rolled up because it's just a swarm of bugs everywhere. Everything. Yeah. And then they were like, and it's not like that anymore. It's like, yeah, no, it's no, not I mean. even
1: old people, dude. The first time I drove into, uh, Chico. I was just bombarded by bugs and like within five years i was just gone you know just driving through the same farm town nothing like that and i have to imagine it's primarily due to pesticides but probably also you know breaking down of the environments where they would breed and things like that and so it went from like you know your windshield was just covered in bugs to you couldn't nary a bug to be squished
0: yeah and the only time there's a, like a, a a window of time now when the rice fields are flooded that the insects are like so like drought yeah. which is partly driven by climate change and partly the natural state of the california right like a mediterranean climate but part of it is that but you're right i think in the sense that like habitat destruction
1: yeah, they, Or just segmentation like, even, you know It doesn't have to be just like, oh, the whole thing's Gone, it just has to be like, oh, it's been yeah. Broken up into such small pieces that it doesn't work for them It people.
0: doesn't support the population A yeah. healthy population, right And so there's that, but then there's like uh, And it's not, when you say pesticides uh, I think you're correct, some of it is Like insecticides used to Target insects, yeah. even if it's Killing non-target insects, right And generally, oh, yeah. they try to be pretty Good about that, but I think the big one Is fucking herbicide because if you look at the growth of the use of glyphosate, mm-hmm. um, a Roundup or whatever, right? Like, what and what? What do you do with Roundup? You kill plants that you don't want. Well, what are those plants except food sources for fucking insects and
1: hardy right. food sources during a time like that can survive with almost nothing, almost no input,
0: right? Because they're mostly weeds, right? Yeah, they're yeah. adapted to super harsh conditions and pop up in the middle of like a barren ass field.
3: Mm-hmm. So yeah,
0: there's. A, I think it's a combination. Um, so I herbicide would then be habitat destruction right 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 food solutions insects benefit from exotic agricultural weeds like it's still a habitat for them but like you just just cover everything in poison because they don't want the weeds to grow up and block the sprinkler and not get even distribution of water because it might decrease their yield by a quarter ton and a quarter ton sells for six bucks and like our job is to profit so we'll do pretty much anything we can I mean as we covered
1: it, I mean as we covered in the John Deere one you know, they talked about how thin their profit margins were you, uh, uh, I'll just I mean mostly due to the fact that everyone does the same few uh, types of foods and so everyone's in competition right. with each other so I mean right. you know you got to have that quarter ton or whatever you know extra just to make it through the year
0: yeah. yeah yeah and it's it's wild and, and we don't need to go down the rabbit hole of agricultural policy right um but it fits within but the, the what, pressure what, is what, real yeah, yeah. and in this critique of what is environmentalism and that's what i fucking hate about like and and likewise not just the people that are like oh solar panels and electric cars will be great like and when in reality no because those objects require complex industrial supply chains to to create right mm-hmm. like um, and fossil fuels right to create them but um also like people who are like oh i care about the planet so i eat vegan and it's like right but you're sourcing your fucking quinoa and coconut oil from like across the fucking globe and they're grown in the same industrial monocrops that freaking that animal feeds are right like right so you're not it's not you're not really doing anything. There's no way to ethically consume in an industrial economy, I think is the
1: point. Yeah, yeah. I mean basically in if you're having an economy period, right? I mean if you're having the same food year round, you you're you're part of it, you know, because you can't get the same food year round in
0: one place. So. No. And and for vegans, if you actually have a healthy diet too, like you know, we did say we were gonna rebrand this channel, the fuck vegans channel, right? <laughs> I think sweet. we covered that. Yeah, yeah. We already covered that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and we decided percent. against three brands. We're yeah, yeah. We already yes. got a box of T-shirts. We still need to get rid of.
1: <laughs> with thunderous <laughs> vegan hating.
0: <laughs> um. Yeah, but it's just that kind of. It's similar with this bright green lies, right? People are are and and guess who is spreading that message, my friend? Um. The people with all the money. Bill fucking Gates and oh, yeah, he has, why he has a lot of money forever. Oh, because if you're a fucking capitalist, there's no place, as I said before, there's no place for capital to go except back into land.
2: Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm.
0: they're buying out farmers and they're growing fucking soya and they need a market mm. for their soya because their their bottom line, like their their objective is to accumulate profit, right. not to provide food for a community. Right. Um, and vegans just don't get it that like. They're being programmed essentially i mean there's a lot that are animal ethics and this that and the other thing and lear herself um was a vegan for a very long time and then wrote a very kind of controversial book called the vegetarian myth where she goes through her journey of being like an animal rights activist and a vegan and how like basically she was having all these like medical issues and like went to the doctor and the doctor said you probably got two years left unless you start eating meat because your body is eating itself. Yeah, yeah. And so she wound up starting to eat meat and then like kind of had this whole kind of like existential, like ideological crisis. Like, who am I? I don't even, I'm, I'm eating with a plastic spoon because I don't want it, uh, my my silverware to touch meat and like kind of all these puritanical things and then realized Ooh. it was all bullshit. So that gets incorporated into the bright green lies. Yeah. Is sounds- like this whole idea that like, we should eat lower on the food chain, but like also like we need to exist within our ecosystem. So if you live in the tropics where like you get rain all the time and you can grow food year-round and you can have these like perennial cropping systems that provide your needed starches and uh you know, sugars and all this other stuff in your proteins, um then by all means eat an entirely plant-based diet. You live in a dry climate like us. Do you know what was here before fucking agriculture which requires like intense amounts of industrial infrastructure and water tubers lots of tubers grass (laughs) and unfortunately we're not equipped with four stomachs, um and so we can't eat grass but guess what we can eat things that eat grass Mm -hmm. pretty well and so that's that's our place in in this ecosystem we should it should all just be cattle range and uh in riparian areas where the the is higher uh oak trees or other nut producing trees we can grow walnuts and almonds and stuff um in with the oaks just to give us some variety and a hedge against you know a bad crop year for the acorns you don't want to not miss all of it right, right. we could do that but we don't because it's not profitable um and so instead we sell bright green lies I'm sure someone will figure
1: out how to, uh, you know, create a machine where you feed grass in one end and it gives you meat out the other end, but isn't a cow That is, and probably had he- not a cow, not a cow. It's a machine. It'll have, it'll have four chambers. <laughs> huh? That's actually an interesting
0: concept That's because that could be made profitable. Yeah. Maybe if it happens, but I don't think so. I think nature's no. nature's figured it out over fucking hundreds of millions of years. I mean, oh, yeah. hundreds Cows of millions is actually not even like
1: no no most I mean if you think about it 65 most years ago you had dinosaurs, dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah it's yeah. like tens of millions for most of the stuff that we're dealing with if that
0: precisely yeah yeah it's... hundreds of millions of years there was like some really bizarre looking sea creatures <laughs> yes the <they're> probably <laughs> and that's about really good fish.
1: <laughs> yeah yeah no man I don't think a lot of people like realize just like how quickly life went from you know Eukaryotic to prokaryotic, or, or is it vice versa? Anyway. You, you, and yeah, yeah. Like that was that was not that long ago in, in in geologic terms, like you know, just a couple hundred million
0: years ago, and now you got uh, pugs. pugs and Now we have pugs. That was <laughs> that was a perfect end to that discussion, <laughs> and then we can roll into the
2: next clip. I'm doing it. Pugs, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Bright green environmentalists are people who believe that technological changes and reforms will make industrial civilization sustainable. And we wrote the book Bright Green Lies to refute this idea, to expose the lies. Technologies like solar panels, wind turbines, electric cars, geothermal energy, and so on They're not good for the planet. In fact, they're extremely harmful to the planet. And as I record this video, I'm here at Thacker Pass where we're fighting a proposed lithium mine. Lithium demand is skyrocketing around the world because electric car batteries are lithium ion batteries. And as solar and wind energy expand, they need more and more energy storage to Smooth out the electrical supply for times when the wind isn't blowing and the sun isn't shining. Sacker Pass. I
1: saw the picture in the video and I was just like, what is all this green stuff? And so I pulled it up on the map and it's just like, it's humans. It's fucking humans. Alfalfa? Yeah, yeah, like little yeah, square farms. You, it's what's yeah. called
0: pivot irrigation and it makes
1: yeah. circles oh um, is that the way okay yeah yeah
0: well it's what it is is like it's a it's on wheels and it's a point, yeah it's just got a tie and then you can just rotate it periodically yeah. around the field yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah i saw it It's I just like it. it's always fucking squares with us why squares squares are hard to water
0: yeah i mean it depends on the method you're using center pivot works and they're mostly i think growing alfalfa because a lot of the land up there including uh the proposed lithium mine he's talking about. Mm-hmm. Um is uh blm land so there's a lot of federal land that um has cattle leases and mm-hmm. so they they farm the alfalfa so when the, the mm. range isn't productive with grasses um they can still feed the cattle um and in that sense yeah that that's probably a bad thing right and and also uh cattle could be beneficial to land um and there's a ton of research in making using cattle to restore grasslands Um, and I I think it's one of the most promising solutions, especially I mentioned earlier, like what is more sustainable? Like if we had like a seasonal floodplain riparian area that's rich with trees, um, it could be, you know, cultivated fruits and, or like, you know, improved wild varieties, or selected wild varieties, um, just as indigenous people had done for tens of thousands of years, Mm -hmm. um, uh or or you know and and then grasslands like right these rich grasslands that can uh support livestock and other large herbivores and uh and, you know tuli elk and deer and all that other stuff or we can fucking carve it up into squares right and punch holes into ancient water and suck that up and grow something that the vast majority of it doesn't feed people that live there
1: well, yeah, and then what? What they're talking about doing? I looked up uh, Thacker Pass just to see because, like, there's a couple different types of lithium mining. One is where it's it's basically a salt and clay deposits. So you just yeah. shoot water, it comes to the surface. You let it dry and it's you harvest blurry. it that way. Yeah, but it's like twenty percent, you know, lithium. It's a really small. Um, and then right. these ones are more rich, but then of course you have to like, you know break apart rock and everything in whatever method you choose to do it
0: um i think Thacker pass is a, a uh, is lithium clay okay project okay. because um the whole great basin right that until the sierra nevada rose during the what do they call it the i think they called it the sierra orthogeny anyway the geologic orogeny. period orogeny yeah. yeah um the period of the sierra nevadas and the plate digging under in these uh magma plumes that created the the um the granite batholith that we know is the sierra nevada Um, and that separated the great basin from the sea and then during after that like for the next 60 million years or whatever um until you know the last few million when it, it all dried up there you know all the rain and stuff it would just drain into there and they'd be basically be salt lakes yeah Uh, much like salt lake city utah or salt lake the great salt Mm. lake and they have concentrated all these uh this lithium there um there's a lot of uranium there in the soils as well right right um in fact like they have there's a few test mines in that area um for uranium but none of them were determined to be economically viable Mm. so they were abandoned but these uh, lithium clays they're they're able to with great energy investment Mm -hmm. a fossil energy investment and then the creation of all sorts of toxic i forget exactly what it is but i think they use sulfuric acid or some other like super common industrial chemical or uh, compound um to basically it's just a chemical reaction and they can get the lithium to precipitate on something um And so that's the plan is to just dig a big open pit mine and then use a whole bunch of toxic chemicals. Yeah. Um, Well,
1: if it's digging, then it's not the one I'm thinking of. Uh, The one I'm thinking of is is like fracking minus the frack. It's
0: basically
1: basically just injecting water down into a brine table, driving that brine upward, and then allowing the water to evaporate and separate. Oh,
0: so the lithium is in solution underground.
1: Yes, with other salts and you drive it up. By injecting water down. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. I'm, I'm. Um. I'm almost positive the the um, Thacker Pass area is just from evaporative like deposits.
1: Yeah. And. Um. Uh, but. Uh, but I'm pretty sure it's it's like a stone layer, and so it's probably going to be more, like what you're saying, where it's just strip mine pretty much.
0: No. Yeah. No. It'll be an open pit mine because yeah, the company yeah. that's building it, which is a Canadian company, yeah. um, has one <laughs> in South America somewhere. I want to say argentina but it might be peru i don't remember but anyway they have a um um yeah they have a mine there and it's an open pit mine.
1: yeah i saw uh, uh, the name of the company is like you know the lithium company of americas or something like that
0: yeah lithium americas yeah yeah Yeah, and it's a canadian company with mines in the u or potentially in the us and uh latin america i think they Um, have some in north carolina too Maybe okay. I didn't know that. Um, at either e- either way, like I, I was supposed, I wasn't supposed to go, but I really, really desperately wanted to go to Thacker Pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were doing an occupation. I'm not sure if the occupation is ongoing. Um, it's just BLM land, so they're basically camping. But their plan is to stay there. Right. Um, and it's remarkable. And I saw, and I saw how many people went to standing rock right and that that's a whole nother thing like that was a kind of indigenous solidarity that hasn't right, been seen right. probably since the ghost dance um is kind of the way i conceive of it which is you know uh, a cross-cultural indigenous movement um where all the various traditions and and tribal tribal peoples came together kind of as like american indians like we're we're different but we're all kind of in this class together and and so Dapple was a lot like that, um, but like you saw everybody flocking out there to be part of this like awesome thing, and you know a lot of people did put some stuff on the line. I know people that got you know attacked by uh, private security forces, which are usually off duty like sheriffs, deputies, mm-hmm. and shit, um, and you know corporate goons or whatever. But at the same time, you have this like lithium mine, and then they're, they're like, gotta come, we gotta occupy, we gotta stop this destruction. And so let's move to the next clip, and then I'll talk a little yeah. bit more. Are we doing the environmental movement next 10 years? Yes. That's, okay, yes, yeah, let's look for that, and yeah. then I'll finish my thought on that. Sounds good.
1: What happened there? You started it over. Oh, no.
0: Go ahead, right there.
1: There it is. It's
0: okay. Doing a good
2: job, buddy. I meant to hit start and accidentally hit back. It's I so think boring. over the next 10 years, we're part. going to see the environmental movement split even more so than it has already. I think the grassroots movement, indigenous peoples, many folks who truly prioritize the land, the health of the land, are going to be moving in a completely different direction than the mainstream climate movement, which will align itself with business interests, with corporations, with mainstream political parties to produce as much green energy as possible, so-called green energy. And in so doing, will consign much of the natural world to destruction, many of these last wild places, like here at Thacker Pass, like at the Yellow Pine Solar Project in Nevada, like on the traditional Sami herding grounds in Scandinavia that are threatened by wind turbine development, like the, the deep ocean, Areas where rare earth mining is proposed to supply the minerals for this green energy transition. I think the split in the environmental movement is going to grow wider. The gap is going to grow deeper and it will become more and more clear that there's the environmental movement and then there's the energy production movement. There's the people who love the land and seek to defend our kin, these other species and beings who we reside here with, the mountains, the rivers, the air, the forests. And then there are the people who will sacrifice those to produce more energy, to power their cars, their gadgets, their screens. I think that we're likely to see an increasingly chaotic world as global warming accelerates Extreme weather intensifies, more and more refugees crowd the world. Much of this is inevitable. Much of this is already in motion. There's momentum behind it. And no matter what we can do now, much of this is coming. But what I hope to see over the next 10 years is the resurgence of a truly powerful grassroots movement that rises up against the fossil fuel industry that rises up against the mining industry, the renewable energy industry, the dam building industry, the logging industry. I hope to see the growth of a grassroots food reloc- relocalization movement that treats this like the war that it is and moves on an, with an urgency, with a wartime footing to transform the way that we provide for ourselves as a society, as a world. I hope to see resistance movements that become increasingly effective, increasingly strategic and militant in pushing back by any means that are effective to stop the destruction of the planet, recognizing that this is a life and death struggle, that this is a time when we must stand with the living planet. Our lives depend on this. The lives of future generations depend on this. And so it's incredibly important that we act now to make that happen over the next 10 years. That we build the structures, the organizing units, the the groups, the institutions, that we build power towards the future that we want to envision. I've heard it said that strategy is using what you have to get what you need in order to create the world that you want. So we need to be incredibly strategic at this time.
1: Yeah, I want the knife that woman has.
2: Yeah, no, that's
0: actually the pretty with common the, among the um, uh, pastoral peoples, I think, of the Central Asian Steppe. I think it's probably where they are. There's a guy on uh, YouTube who's in, I want to say, like Kazakhstan or Tajikistan, or it might even be Mongolia. And like all he does is go out there and like go out into a river and like catch a fish and then like cook up where he's like, oh, I got this like quarter of like whatever. They butchered one of their uh, yaks or they killed a deer or whatever. And he's got like a quarter of it and he comes and he chops it up. And yeah, they use those big knives. They're, they're, they're pretty red. I think peoples of Eastern Europe use a similar knife too. Okay. Um. So yeah, what are your thoughts on that?
1: uh yeah he's definitely going for the militant option which i think is completely necessary because like (sighs) it seems like you know the left will try to push the idea that like oh things can be done peaceably you know within the the confines of the system and it's like i need you to look back in history and point to me at some times when that worked oh man you're being like fed lies about how big changes happen, <laughs> and they're they're not peaceful.
0: Yeah, you brought up something really interesting that's kind of tangential to this, um, and I I don't really have a term that I use for it, but essentially like it's uh, um, uh, it's essentially a bright green lie of, <laughs> of fucking Gandhi, Change. dude. Yeah. No, like just oh, gotcha. Like, worship and it's like, dude, Gandhi was sure had a lot of important shit to say he was also a very flawed individual um right um and then also like even people are like oh but martin luther king and and the civil rights movement they followed gandhi and on, i was like no the fucking civil rights movement said you get these you know respectable looking colored people and you give them what they want or what you get is black panthers walking around with fucking rifles yeah. And the same thing was true in the Indian independence move, uh, movement. And the reason that you don't read about that shit in textbooks is because we're not supposed to know that's how it works. The only reason that nonviolence works is because the alternative is fucking violence. Right. Right. And there was violence. Oh, and there absolutely was in the Indian independence movement. There were dozens of factions that had the same strategic objective, but that were using violence. Like insane right. in the civil <laughs> rights movement, right? Like, and there's nothing wrong. And even some of the most respected figures in the civil rights movement were like, Hey, just because I do my political actions and choose not to be violent, doesn't mean that I, I I'm a pacifist. Right. Like, right. I know. I, I fucking have guns in my house. They right. drive by and shoot at us and they throw fucking Molotov cocktails. I'm sure as shit going to protect myself yeah. and my family. They're not opposed to the use of violence. They're just choosing in their political actions to do nonviolence. So like right. you get blockades and stuff like that. Those are all really cool too. But I, what I appreciate that Max is saying, and um, he's a member of an organization called deep green resistance. I have their manual. Um, I think it's just called deep green resistance. Um, it was written by Lear and uh, Keith, Derek Jensen and another guy named Art McBey. Um, Anyway, it's kind of like a strategy guide and they cover a lot of stuff. And like, you know, did like uh I think in that book, Derek Jensen, I think, wrote that chapter. He gives an example of like um villages with um larger Jewish populations um in 1940s Europe. Um, and he said, like, you know, some people like, or I guess like some uprisings in the camps or whatever, where they're like, why are we like I mean, if they're, they're going to kill us anyway, or they're right. going to work us to death, or whatever, or they're going to work like people we love to death, or murder them, like t- t- like we have nothing to lose, and they fucking fought back. Yeah, yeah, but you don't and hear then, about you, that you, as much. You, no, you don't hear about that. Right? You hear, oh, it happened, and you know, America oh, coming
1: oh, came in and saved them and liberated them.
0: Yeah, liberated <laughs> them. Yeah, it's part of our national mythology. But yeah, like, it really. They oh, fought it really back is Too, that. dude yeah and, and in i think in that same section they were talking about um the french resistance yeah and how it was structured because it's a it's a book about structuring militant organizations right oh gotcha it's basically fucking yeah uh cells right like right, cellular right. structure and all that and they, they're talking about like how effective the french resistance to not nazi, uh, nazi occupation was because like there were people after the war had no idea the person who lived across the hall in their apartment building was in the resistance too, in a different cell and their fucking security culture was so goddamn strong. You didn't even know you thought your neighbor was a fucking simp, not a Nazi sympathizer, but they were actually in a resistance cell, an anti-Nazi resistance cell. And then, so what cool. he's getting at there with that is kind of like, I mean, that's not the extent of what he said, but like, yeah, he, the split he was talking about, I already right. see. And I think that was the point that I, I paused myself on making um, is that you get like people who actually care about like, I mean, I don't want to say they actually, everybody cares, right? That's engaging in the political work. There's people that see the strategic um uh, fallibility of certain tactics um and then others who see different tactics as being necessary um and that's kind of where he gets into i hope that instead of you know there's going to be a split because there's always going to be people that are like oh i drive a tesla and it's like right but like is that that is that green or oh i always use renewable uh you know renewable shopping bags or i i bought a stainless steel straw and it's like but did you need the fucking straw though right. is my point like the glass has a lip and we've been drinking out of fucking coconuts or fucking uh, like sheep intestines and shit for like millennia yeah. you know out of our hands right Yeah, yeah. Like, do you really need a steel straw no but you know that steel straw you were told is better than a plastic straw mm-hmm. and instead of being like oh i'm gonna just stop using straws you said i'm gonna go get a steel straw and that steel was mined and smelted which we're gonna talk a little bit about smelting a little bit um was smelted and manufactured it was put in a warehouse and then there was somebody who doesn't grow their own food or manage a landscape who got paid to do advertising type for it and all that shit until it wound up in your kitchen drawer that and you use it you use it like three times and then forgot it was there
1: um and i think it's used a lot just not by me (laughs) no i'm not not casting
0: shade to those who (laughs) use steel straws I'm saying that is what the bright green is. right? Is right. That there are ways that you can consume greener when the problem is, is that consumption a priori means that you're like, if you're in a consumer economy, like you're taking more than you're giving back. Like, mm-hmm. We don't even give our waste back. Our culture is so fucking bankrupt. Like instead of returning our shit to the soil, we... It, we put it in water and then pump it somewhere where there's this really el- electricity intensive process of making it. So it's not as pathogenic. Yeah. And then we pump that in overload nutrients into the rivers. Yeah, like a lot of it, it gets reclaimed, but yeah, for yeah. invertebrates and all sorts of other organisms.
1: Yeah. Fair amount of it does get like reclaimed, turn into fertilizer. Uh, what I, what I heard recently from a worker uh, locally was, Sadly, was that they used to capture the methane and burn it and use it for electricity or generation on site, but then they had some problems with the storage tanks and decided not to reinvest into repairing the storage tanks. They just said, "Ah, fuck it." You know, it's not saving us enough money. We don't need that. Do they just
0: flare it off? Yeah. Now they do. You yeah. know, I, 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 there was somebody who came into like one of my TikTok comment threads. I think you saw that one, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was just like, "Our landfills are composting you know, is bad. We need landfills <clears> because we take that gas." And it's like, "Most of that gas is like cogeneration; like they yeah, use it yeah. for their operation. It's not contributing in a significant amount to to the to the grid."
1: Well, and the thing was, he was wrong too. Most of them don't do it.
0: Like, well, right. Well, I mean, the one here in Butte County yeah. does. Yeah, they, they capture capture their gas, and they have a um a generator on site that they use to. I forget. I think it's powering like crushing machines and other things like that. Right, right. Yeah. Um, like for like the recycling side of the house. Yeah. Um, but at any rate, like, right. But that those that lo- yard waste and food scraps, instead of being food for detritivores and microorganisms, uh, like fungi and bacteria and the microarthropods and all those critters that need that stuff. Yeah. And then eat that stuff, and then other things come and eat them, and then other things eat them, and supporting a web of life, you're putting it into a condition where it creates greenhouse gas
1: methane caps. and yeah, just on all kinds of t- Because yeah. then you can use them, should burn it no. for something. Yeah, no, it doesn't make any it sense.
0: Makes no like, sense, but like the bright green lies thing is big, man. I think I might have told the story on a previous one. Did I tell the story about the pipeline protest with the solar panel cards? Or did I just kind of say I was going to talk about it? Uh, I think you might have just after. said you were going to talk about it. Okay. Yeah. So I went. I was uh, stationed in Delaware around the time of the Keystone XL pipeline protests in DC. And if you didn't know, Delaware is pretty close to Washington DC. Um, and so uh, I participated not only in the sit-in where I was an arrestee on the third day or fourth day. Um, But I also went to all of the follow up protests and there were like two or three of them. And at one of them, they distributed all these cards, like these little kind of like poster cards. And on one side, it had like a picture of a coal mine. And on the other side, it had a picture of a solar panel. Mm -hmm. And so the whole idea was like, oh, we're going to take a picture with everybody's got their, you know, um, coal up and it looks gross and gross and we're going to flip it around. It's cool. It's solar panels right and i like i remember openly mocking it um while uh, shortly after i overheard people mocking the fact that somebody from the socialist worker uh, newspaper was walking through the crowd selling copies um and i was just like that's even this book was only published like a couple couple years ago last year something like that and everybody should check out both the documentary and the book or at least the documentary because that might be more accessible for some people yeah um But at any rate, I remember at that moment realizing what they talk about and what Max was just saying is that, like, this is not my environmental movement. And I've never been, like, super hardcore in, like, the land defender side of things. Um, I mean, I kind of am. Not really so much, but, like, I grew up in the country, so, like, you know, I wouldn't want development that like damages large swaths of land and all that other stuff. Right, and certainly against suburban sprawl. The, uh, In my work on housing, we've we've actively um spoken out against uh, more more sprawl. Um when they say, "Well, we need houses." And it's like that sprawl is not for the people who need housing. That sprawl yeah. is for fucking developers to make money.
1: Yeah.
0: Um but anyway, so I've spoken out against sprawl and stuff like that, but I've never been like super hardcore about like that kind of like um, what they call biocentrism where you're like, I mean, I do share that value, but biocentrism is basically like life is at the center of like moral questions. um, And that all life has an inherent value. So when he says, Oh, we're protecting these landscapes and the creatures in them, like that's because they're the, the, the ideology behind that is that like, it was here in our activity we do not have the right to destroy that or you know make it extinct or whatever like it has a right to exist and it's interesting working with people in that space And in, uh, in particular i mentioned Lear keith's uh, book uh, "The vegetarian myth uh, which i haven't read but i'm familiar with the, the subject matter because i've sure. listened to lectures on youtube because that's what i do um but anyway it's easy to do it's easy to do it's a lot easier than reading, yeah. for sure. Uh, I can put it on my phone while I do a yard work. It's exactly. exactly. Um, at any rate, uh, it, it's interesting coming in and, and having just that simple kind of like. No, it's not fucking beyond meat. Like, did you see how with all this press around, like, oh, eating cows are so bad for the environment, and then guess what? The press for like how bad cows were dropped off after the IPO of fucking beyond Beef, it was mm. literally just manufactured hype for a fucking company to sell a product mm. and of course all the trickle down right because the soya then the john deere tractors and the fertilizer and pesticide <laughs> companies and yeah all right, right like monsanto it was just hype for a new way to sell something that they have they have complete control over
1: <laughs> um right, right.
0: and 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 so that's that to me is what the bright green lie is. It's just convincing ourselves that like something is bad and something is good instead of what I was getting at with them is like, yes, of course, I have to take an animal to eat. I'm an omnivore like I'm an organism that relies on other organisms. And this whole idea that like animals are somehow superior um, to to vegetables is within our own consciousness like a way of um controlling life instead of accepting that Do you mean to say
1: like that the the value of the life of an animal is more important?
0: yeah that idea okay. that like oh, I don't eat animals because animals are more valuable is gotcha. you imposing your superiority over, um over the natural world it's just part of the domination complex right like i don't know a fucking uh a a wood lice like a roly-poly i'm not sure if that's more intelligent or less intelligent than a slime mold we know slime molds can solve fucking puzzles yeah right and so like how do we define intelligence by the by virtue of defining intelligence we are asserting our dominance on the natural world rather than having a more ecological uh, perspective. That is like, we are organisms. We have metabolic needs. How we meet those metabolic needs is the most important question. And currently we meet those metabolic needs through industrial extraction. That's destroying those ecosystems. Mm -hmm. Right. And so the idea is that we need to stop extracting for our metabolic needs and there's no there's no green energy solution there's no everybody goes vegan is not a fucking solution because like I said earlier it doesn't work everywhere like we have to be organisms in the environment we live in and meet our metabolic needs within our environment in the ways that work in that environment
1: part of what didn't get covered in either one of the clips Bubba's in the bright green lies video was just the turning of everything on the planet into commodities and just really garbage. When you think about it, like in that case in the video, they show like, you know, some cute little, you know, chibi toy that either some kid's going to play with for like a few hours and then forget about, or it'll go up on someone's shelf as a collectible, but like it's forever just, garbage Pretty much, you
0: know. I have a baby Yoda Funko Pop. I'm guilty as fuck. Ah,
1: I mean, I mean, I know that I have a a a, a, a teleporter gun from
0: Rick and Morty. <laughs> oh, that's right. that's yeah. was a bachelor party gift, though. Yeah, Ooh, we're not going to go into the details about the. Oh no! Before, right? no, no. Just say. But it's I, I thought so that quick. was clever. That was all yeah. me, by the way. That was my. idea yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was a good idea. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh. Yeah, so, no, absolutely 100% correct. Like,
1: Like so much of it is just wasted on, like, tchotchkes and stuff like that. We waste so much energy um, on just making... It's not even art. It's just shit. You know, like, it's not original. It's not unique. It's none of that. It's, like, mass-manufactured garbage that we're extracting from the earth in order to make and to me that's more offensive than like someone you know making a car that they use to get transported around or something like that or you know building a new house or for whatever reason you know it's just collectible garbage
0: you know you kind of i don't know while you were talking i was uh kind of just <laughs> brought something up for me um one thing that drives me nuts about like especially like the american left now they're like, oh, it's capitalism's problem. It's absolutely fucking capitalism's problem. The accumulation uh, need yeah. to accumulate, et cetera, so forth. But it's not just that. Because we have had the Soviet Union, and we have had other kind of different ways of structuring society that were still incredibly destructive. It's actually mm-hmm. the industrial mode of production that's the problem. Not the software, but the infrastructure, Right like it's the fucking hardware of the system it's not the political it's not the social system it's it's actually the means you use to um as uh vendana shiva is a, a pretty famous um or well-known uh environmental organizer activist um a lot of work on like um seed genetics and um, seed saving she's India uh, indian um and uh if you couldn't tell from the name Vandana Shiva. (laughs) Um, But anyway, um, she said something in one of her books called Earth Democracy, where she kind of offers the alternative, Mm. um, kind of. Um, But uh, that I really kind of have taken as my definition when people say, oh, bad capitalism, it's not just capitalism. It is a system that um, its fundamental drive is to turn living ecosystems into dead commodities Mm -hmm. and that's exactly what you're saying when you're like it's just trash it's all trash we don't our bodies don't create trash our piss and shit gets cycled by other organisms and gets returned to the system and the problem is is that we've developed a mode where it's very linear right we pull it out of the ground, we turn it into a commodity, and then to the landfill it goes. Yeah. Like, oh, if we. Can or the ocean trash pile. Yeah, or a huge trash pile, or whatever. Mm. And like, but that's essentially the drive of the system is to just produce, turn living ecosystems into dead commodities. Yeah. And that's the problem. And that's why I do permaculture work, and that's why I talk about regenerative agriculture and all of these solutions. And and what I said just. A moment ago, about living, being an organism in your ecosystem, and meeting your met- metabolic needs in a way that makes sense for your ecosystem, or your biome, or uh, ecotone, or whatever you want to call it, um, uh, your bioregion. Um, it's it's because ultimately, like we have to stop extracting and destroying living ecosystems for dead commodities, and figure out how to close the loop. Like the recycle thing which was also a bright green lie from decades back oh because right, recycling is fucking super yeah. energy intensive like there's well, not only that drive around and collect it and they don't even recycle most of it
1: uh, that was what i was gonna say is like yeah. for me i think over the past two years that's the that's the big lie that was destroyed was the whole you know recycling lie like especially like after china stopped accepting our garbage you know, they're like, no, I can't recycle a pizza box and because it's got grease on it. And now that grease has become moldy, it's infected this entire pallet full of cardboard. The whole thing's garbage, you know, and it's like, yeah. We, and, you know, you could have just thrown that in a compost pile. And, you know, some microbes would have been glad to eat up your grease.
0: Yeah. Or use it to suppress some weeds for a while. Yeah. It'll eventually yeah. be consumed by microorganisms. Yep. It'll make them nice and happy. They'll be able to reproduce. That's, um, that's how I keep my walkways up. in the backyard. Yeah, I just exactly. like
1: layers of cardboard.
0: And you're absolutely right. In cardboard, relatively speaking, I mean, there is, a, you know, uh, pulp paper plantations are a problem. Yeah. The machines that they use are a problem. In the grand scheme of things, though, paper products are pretty low on my my list of things to be pissed about right <laughs> aluminium <laughs> um, cans <laughs> aluminium um, yeah, no aluminum cans and it's it's an interesting factoid though um that I you know speak like environmentalism like I like beer you like beer um, so beer is good um but my point is that this kind of uh, factoid that I had never thought about until someone brought it up there are more calories like of energy using calorie as a unit of energy. There are more calories in the fucking aluminum can than in the beer (laughs) because it is fucking more energy to make the fucking can
1: extract it, make it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And the best thing that we can get out of it is to smelt it down and use it for like some other kind of like not high end stuff. Once it's recycled, like the quality decreases significantly. And so there's uses for it for sure. But like, you're not going to make like high performance fucking engine parts or anything right like, no 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 the best you can hope
1: no. for is another can but even then it's got the plastic impurities from the lining
0: yeah or can... non-structural components that yeah, like, yeah. don't aren't gonna you're not required to have like certain um engineering specs on it like yeah. you're not going to probably even make it a new can the best thing you'll get out of it is yeah. it'll be like a a wall like a wall bracket for a shelf even if that or something yeah I don't know I had a friend that made a small furnace out of a stainless steel pot actually that can melt um melt I, found a,
1: I found a yeah. good video on how to make a uh how to make an electric uh uh furnace for yourself using uh like dead lantern batteries and uh uh foam creep uh or sorry hmm. or sorry air creep yeah uh, and, like, since the aircrete is so easy to cut, like, you can basically cut it with a wood saw and you can get a little drill bit and drill out a circle thing and then you just uh, get these carbon uh, tubes that are in uh, lantern batteries and you uh, get, what do you call them, um, the adjustable uh, wrenches and clamp them onto the uh, things, stick them inside, and poof, you know, and you just use, uh, he used a part from a microwave uh to generate the electricity and basically like you have your little tiny furnace you stick the or two or two carbon uh rods together and they generate just thousands of degrees of heat and the uh and the aircrete is so light and so good at insulating heat that like none of it gets out and you used a dead battery like a, a dollar you know Air- Aircrete brick and not much else, and you know you can use it to like melt down cans and stuff like that, and you know do whatever it is you want to do with that.
0: Should fucking send that shit to Trash Robot. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's fun. He's a fucking character.
1: I like <laughs> him a lot, though. Yeah, I yeah.
0: I wish that like it was it wouldn't be too weird to be like. Hey, I just follow you on TikTok, but I'm in the Bay Area and want to have lunch. I'll buy you a sandwich. Right? Like, just I want to talk. Free hey, sandwich, to you. man. I'm sure he wouldn't pass that up. Maybe. Be like, I just want to talk. I love your philosophy. Yeah, um, yeah. Speaking of smelting metal. Speaking of smelting metal. Let's roll the clip.
3: Roll that. The other main method of making steel is by means of the electric arc furnace, or EAF as it's known the EAF process predominantly uses cold steel scrap making it one of the world's largest recycling processes EAF's make up to 150 tons of steel in a single melt in less than an hour the furnace is filled with recycled steel scrap the roof is then swung into place and three graphite electrodes are lowered into the furnace a powerful electric current is passed through the furnace An arc is created, and the heat generated melts the steel scrap. Lime and fluor spar are added, and usually carbon and oxygen are blown into the melt. As a result, impurities in the metal combine to form a slag. The steel is sampled and analysed, and once it reaches its correct temperature and composition, it is tapped off. At this stage, final adjustments to precise customer specifications can be made by adding alloying elements. These furnaces give very precise control over composition and are used for producing a variety of special steels, including alloy steels and stainless steels. Many bulk steels are also increasingly made by this route and it's expected that EAF output will account for half the world's steel production within a few years. Small steel producing plants operating with EAFs closely linked to casting and rolling facilities are often referred to as mini mills. These can produce relatively low volumes of specialist products mini mills are often situated very close to where these products are most in demand
1: so something i like about that one is the very end there uh the 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 version he was showing uh is is mainly used for recycling of uh, steel products uh Mm. but at the very end he pointed out that uh it doesn't need to be massive um there are benefits from scale of course, but it can it can be done in the area where the product is needed. And so it, it's you're able to, you know, situate it where people live instead of, you know, having to put it out somewhere in the middle of nowhere and all that. And, uh, and so you can kind of situate, you know, the actual uh, furnace and the factory to make the things and housing. And, uh, and since it's electric, you can put your electric generation all in the same area and uh kind of like at least make it so it's a little bit less you know moving or moving of everything around mm. um something they didn't cover in that one is there's actually submerged arc or uh, furnaces that are used for smelting of just pure ore well not pure <laughs> but smelting of ores uh it's basically the carbon rods are actually uh, uh put in with the uh the ore and so it can melt the raw ore and then you can refine that into your iron and so i've got one step taken care of in the manufacturing process that can be done purely with electricity not mining that's one step not mining that's one step
0: though right and so that was kind of the purpose of the clip is that like here is this industrial process that, that can use electricity even if we could generate the electricity right at yeah. scale enough right right but ultimately, that's just a single step in the right. manufacturing process. And the thing that people don't understand, and, and we've been kind of uh, dancing around this over the course of several different conversations on various aspects of energy and peak oil and all this other stuff, it's like, even if we didn't buy the bright green lie and employed renewables or whatever in some capacities, like, even if. Renewable energy did not require the destruction of natural ecosystems, right? And in yeah. renewable energy or whatever, green energy wasn't being used to facilitate industrial extraction. Like the limits of energy, uh, renewable energy. I hate the fucking term renewable energy God, because it's not renewable because solar panels don't make themselves um, it's not fucking well, dying or anything.
1: And the sun is um, just fusing hydrogen into helium, and it's not going to go backwards and give us more energy. So it's right. It's not, it's not even I mean, renewable.
0: I mean, uh, yeah, on, on, I
1: mean it's on billion-year scale, so we don't want to think about it. But ultimately, yeah, even on the a sun's human not, scale, not relevant. But yeah,
0: yeah. agreed, one hundred percent. Even a star is not renewable.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> everything has a terminus, right? Even the even the universe will eventually you Know collapsing on itself or however it's going to go down, but um, collapsing on itself, heat death of the universe all the way, that's right, just spread out uh, forever. <laughs> um, but the point is, is that even, even so, there might be some complex manufacturing processes that can be done with electricity, which would could be done by these uh, um, non fossil sources, I guess, yeah, ultimately, like, <clears throat> ultimately, like, ultimately, like that only a component of the manufacturing right, right. process can be done whereas the rest of them as of right now um as i've said show like the, the lithium mine show show me one of those big earth movers that moves like right. 50 fucking tons of rock at one time well i show wonder me like one of those that's running on an electric battery
1: well, i wonder like the big earth movers are they are they necessary or are they just convenient because uh, we currently have the fossil fuel to run them like um, well, you know,
0: I mean, couldn't you do only like being used because we have fossil fuels? Yeah, well, yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying.
1: You know, couldn't you do like massive, you know, conveyor belts in order to get the you know, the things out of the pit up to the top level, and then you know, refine them on site so you don't have to haul, you know, metric tons of of impure rock, most of which you're just going to well, toss I anyway. Mean- I mean, it's in Nevada. The sun
0: shines so much in Nevada. The mines are these open pit mines, especially whether it's mountaintop removal or a copper mine or or a lithium uh, uh, surface pit mine. Um, Like, they're just such a fucking large scale. Like, how many goddamn Mm -hmm. conveyor belts are you going to have? Right? Like, and that's the problem is, like, the one in Thacker Pass that's proposed that of course the Nevada state government was like yeah because like
1: they're talking about 65,000 tons of lithium a day. I don't know if that's raw raw you know I think that lithium the uh, containing or if that's the actual like no, lithium I think going to play
0: okay. and oh, okay. their method they they their chemists developed um if i remember correctly the methods that their chemists developed could get as much as 2%. yeah which ain't much. No, but I mean, you know, it's talk about like peak everything. Right. And one of the interesting things, uh, Richard Heinberg wrote a book called peak everything. I Mm might've referred to it before. Um, And I might've actually stated this factoid, but it's one that's, that's actually committed to memory that I don't have to have to reference on a page. Um, um, Is it like you used to be able to get copper, like right out of rock. Yeah. And it was like 6%. Like the ore was like six percent copper. Right. And now we dig these massive fucking pit mines because we've used all the six percent copper ore that we can get at. Right. And now we're getting ore out of like one and a half percent
1: ore. Right, right. And that so it headed down towards different. fractions of percentage. Yeah.
0: Right. And we're yeah. and then at some point it becomes economically impossible because ultimately, like yeah, it's not just money, but like how much food does that represent like how much education does that represent how much care yeah. does that represent like how many societal resources are being deployed to chase after like a diminishing return right like you gotta trace you gotta chase that dragon though chasing the dragon yeah um so anyway yeah. Industrial supply chains, man. Even if, you know, in industrial extraction is a problem because we're destroying ecosystems and even the industrial supply chain. Really? I would, I, I would definitely... would time skills that are relevant. <clears throat> Sorry, go ahead and then I'll... I'll...
1: Uh, no, 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 you're right. Uh, uh, but I would definitely say that we're like wasting so many resources on stupid shit. Like, you know... War. Uh, uh, first and foremost, I would say, yeah. But like, I don't need to be, you know most of the people that are driving to and from work don't need to be driving to and from work. They don't even need to be going to an office building for work. You know, they could work from home, use fewer resources, doing it and all that stuff. Like there are so many like low hanging fruit, you know, that we could take care of. And we're just like, no, we need to have people in office buildings for reasons that have nothing to do with real estate, you know, (laughs) investments, nothing like that, you know, uh, uh, but we, we refuse to acknowledge and take action on some of the simpler things that we could fix. And instead, we're just like, nope, gotta gotta you know make it more electric cars for more people. Everyone should have two electric cars in their garage at all times, you know. And hey, your kid just turned fifteen; they need a car too, so they can get to school without you taking them, because you know you have to drive to work, so you're not available to drive your kid to school, you know, or anything like that.
0: Like, it's, it's the
1: fact well, that yeah. we're not uh, 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 the fact that we're not addressing any of it is just very frustrating.
0: And the fact that we're not employing. Fossil what fossil fuels are available because we need to stop it. burning but it ain't gonna happen overnight yeah, and yeah the fact that the fact that we're not using what we're extracting to like rapidly transition our built environments away from needing to use massive mm-hmm. amounts of electricity yeah uh um or energy period is just it just shows how we're on a fucking we're on a speeding bullet train towards like a brick wall or whatever. Well, that's yeah. And that's what gets me is like, what is the
1: ultimate plan? You know, like, OK, so the people that are extracting the fossil fuels and stuff, their whole goal is to keep you addicted to energy, electricity, whatever form it happens to be in. And like. If you run out of the fossil fuels that make the creation of the solar panels and all the other stuff they're selling you on easier then like or even possible period like how do you make more of that how do you keep it going for a little while longer you know is 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 there just no like plan past you know the next 20 years or so or like what's going on there I mean I don't know
0: know? it's it's kind of grim um I was I I teach a permaculture design class or I'm a teaching assistant rather Mm -hmm. and uh we're talking to other teaching assistants in our Sunday meeting and um I just kind of like was kind of blunt and I think I made a couple of them uncomfortable. One of them at least like, (laughs) but anyway, I was just like really disappointed that like a lot of these students just aren't, aren't putting in any effort. And like I can exhaust myself trying to encourage them to put in effort, which I effort in what manner to, to do the studies and, and to do the reading and watch the educational videos and to do the assignments. Oh, I mean, that's um, students everywhere. Yeah. Right. But my point is, is that if you're an accounting student, like all these fucking yeah. assholes that get like, I got to like, anyway, and I don't know how they do it. Cause like, I honestly, like I put in a lot of effort, but like I put in a lot less effort than I usually do. And I still got an A and I'm wondering like, how little effort do you put in to get 20% on your exam when exams are weighted 70% of your course grade? Oh. You can't pass the fucking class with a 20. Well, and hour. like,
1: who, who are these people in a permaculture course that aren't trying? Like, that's not something that's you have point. to take. That's not something you have to take. You don't to have take. to take it.
0: Yeah. I don't. Um, maybe I'll I'll explain a little bit more offline what I think it is. I sure no, okay. certainly didn't say it in the space I was in. They're doing it to um, get laid, aren't they? Oh, no, 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 no. It's an okay. online
1: class. Okay. Okay. So it doesn't God, really do well. That's... And
0: most of them are old white women. Oh um uh, we have international students we have mm-hmm. some international students well that's that's the only other theory I had i'll I'll talk to you about it offline but my point was I was expressing how frustrated I was and how exasperated because like this is exactly what everybody needs to know and needs to start integrating into their own practice and their own life and yet um they're not they just i mean people have lives I get it but like In my mind, there's nothing more important than like learning how not like, oh, I recycle and oh, I compost. And, Mm -hmm. you know, even with like I have backyard chickens and people like, oh, I got backyard chickens like, oh, it's sustainable. And it's like, no, I mean, it is it's a fucking fantastic (laughs) tool for making manure and um, getting a, a yield like from eggs and meat when they go to the soup pot, when they stop laying.
1: Well and keeping uh, the nutrients on the property mindset. as
0: much as possible. Right. Cycling, they're important to the function of cycling nutrients. And they can take like food scraps and table scraps and kind of slimy things that I might not eat, but they can eat them and mm-hmm. they can digest them and they can get energy out of them and then they can ship them out. And then I can compost that and then I can get nutrients for my garden. Right. Like yeah. um, it's a great, it's a great way when I mentioned closing loops, right? Yeah, like yeah. figuring out how to do fantastic, but you get these like people that get these like boutique chicken houses and they get all these rare varieties <laughs> that like don't really do much, but they're pretty to look at. I got a Polish chicken. He's got the big old
1: comb and he lays eggs that are like men.
0: Yeah. You meh. know, and I'm totally okay with people who want to keep show animals. Like yeah. I do think that like the skill of breeding and mm. like selection is like absolutely fundamental to human society. Right. Um, and uh at least at this point right like indigenous peoples didn't really select so they did select plants for sure i'm not actually sure how much they selected animals um uh, i i doubt they had much interaction with selecting and let you know except for indigenous peoples that domesticated animals like uh uh, peoples in south america that domesticated guinea pigs shit like that Mm -hmm. um but my point being is that like uh uh, understanding animal genetics and being able to breed and select is a really important skill so i don't harp on those people but my point is is that like we shouldn't be doing this for some like bragging rights like oh look how sustainable i am and you mm-hmm. see that shit all the time with these fake fucking uh, uh greenies or whatever you want to call them the bright green lie people You see it all the fucking time. It's all about bragging rights. It's like, I drive an electric car. I got a hybrid. No offense. You got it for the fuel economy, and that's totally fine. You're like, I don't want to spend money on fucking gas. Yep. And you should market for a car because your other one was shit.
1: Yes. My other car was gone. I didn't have one. I didn't have one for years. Yep.
0: I didn't have a car for years either or a cell phone. Where, how far did I fall, my friend? I know. I
1: Cell phone, big old car that's like a whale.
0: It is a fucking whale, <laughs> but it was like three grand cash, and I have had to put very little money in it. Um, I finally paid mine off. It's been six years now. Yeah, cool. they sent me the slip so and okay. We're about at time. Was there one more clip you wanted to do? There was.
1: It's very short, I'll play it just for fun.
0: No, 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 we can go by, along. No, 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 no. I, 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 I just wanted yeah, to make sure uh, that uh, we're moving that direction.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's by a channel called Verify. Apparently oh, they're just like fact checker channel. Oh, i okay. neat.
0: Yeah, 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 we'll see.
4: Are electric cars worse for the environment than gas powered cars? Our sources are the EPA and the US Department of Energy there's obviously a lot of variety between vehicles so to help standardize things a bit we're going to compare a tesla model 3 which was 2019's best-selling electric vehicle in the u.s with 2019's best-selling gas-powered vehicle the ford f-150 which gets about 27 miles per gallon the oak ridge national laboratory compared the two and found a gas-powered vehicle like the f-150 emits 410 grams of carbon dioxide per mile meanwhile the model 3 emits zero grams but If you consider the emissions in generating the electricity to charge the car, it's 110 grams of CO2 per mile. The other factor to consider is the energy needed to produce the vehicles, especially an electric car battery. The EPA says it's true more greenhouse gases are emitted to produce an electric car than a gas car. However, when you add that to the reduced emissions per mile over a vehicle's lifetime, the EV emits nearly 50% less. it's false that electric cars are worse for the environment than gas-powered cars. With your Verify, I'm Brent.
0: <laughs> I love that we're talking about bright green lies, and you're like, you know what I want to bring into this?
1: Bright green lies. <laughs> bright green lies. <laughs> no. Uh-
0: <laughs> Which is a perfect tie-in to what uh, uh, the clip at the beginning was talking about and the fact yeah. that has lithium mine. yeah, Because, like, ultimately, like, you're you have to cherry pick and that's one of the, the limitations of science whereas like other ways of knowing and producing knowledge yeah. might excel and why we need to at least accept that those are valid ways of of examining the world and analyzing it is because like you have to cherry pick you're just talking about a co2 emission yeah like you're not what is the environmental
1: destruction how about both the steel the uh carbon or uh, carbon fiber the freaking
0: fucking everything Copper mines, yeah, lithium cobalt
1: mines. nickel yeah yeah
0: Plastic. it skips
1: over so much of it yeah i
0: mean fasteners like <laughs> well and i i love that it was like, like a ford thing. f-150 <laughs> well it is the most popular
1: but yeah I mean,
0: oh, you well, drive i, mean, I mean, mean around here it's farm country bro and so like every here, game, man. dealership every day yeah right where you live too yeah every damn dealership you drive by there's like 60 fucking f-150s parked out front i I was like two or three other cars
1: (laughs) I i was talking with rachel how trucks aren't even trucks anymore like you know they got the extended cab and the bed is like four feet long you can't even fit a couch in that son of a bitch Like what the hell's the point of a truck if you can't put a couch in the back of it and transport it around?
0: Well, admittedly, I was looking at the the Ford has a new hybrid or electric. I think it's hybrid. Yeah, the Ford Lightning, Ford F one fifty Lightning. They have they have an all. Oh, it's a one fifty. No, I'm I'm speaking of completely different model than the one.
1: Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah,
0: yeah, not not a not a, a. Mod, cool. Submodel or whatever you'd want to call uh, it. No, um, no,
1: I did look into truck hybrids as well, and most of them get
0: like the same gas mileage. I'm just like, how the fuck do you pull that off? Funny that he's like, oh, and they get only 27 to the count. And I was like, damn, bro, yours is like 22, I think. <laughs> if that highway, you- <laughs> like not climbing mountains, maybe in the city, it's a, whale. it's a whale. In the city, it's closer to 17. Oh my god, yeah, yeah, and but I don't the- drive a lot. That's the thing. Is in like fact, it's, I only drive like twice a week.
1: Yeah, but it's still it's so sad to see like how little progress has been made in the last forty or fifty years on cars. Like it, it's actually backsliding. It seems you know, I like, know
0: dude, like the Model A got fucking like thirty two miles a gallon. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. My my my. I think it was like a two thousand seven Honda Accord got like thirty. No, no, no. It was no as much much older than that. It was it 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 was two thousand. Uh, that that thing got 32 miles per gallon. And mind you, it's just a little passenger car, but like, how, how is it that, you know, we've barely made any progress? You know, like if you look at the Accord today, it's probably like 35 or something like that.
0: Well, because the diminishing returns, right? It's just like computers, well, right? Demand. So have that law where storage would double. And yeah, yeah. And, blah, blah, blah. and then all of a sudden you're like, ooh, we have to like actually like do research into new materials because yeah. we kind of reach the limit of what we can get. Out of this, right? City. They're doing like what is that the little manufactured nano carbon wafers and shit like that. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, um,
1: and they're also talking about different new materials. Totally different conversation. But I just looked it up. Thirty miles per gallon city on the new Accord. Two miles per gallon
0: worse. Yeah, but you know what? It's loaded. It's, it's got bigger
1: and it's prettier and it's got a it's got a Bluetooth 10. and yeah, it's yeah. got a
0: lot of no, but seriously, though, um, the bald eagle seats, they're <laughs> not counting all of the, when they say CO2 emissions, I don't, I, you know what, I can't say they're not counting because I haven't looked at their study. But one of the links is, that we have, Go ahead.
1: one of the links that we have is to, in the a, yes, in the description is a, uh, is research that was done by a European NGO, um, that is pretty well respected, uh, for not, you know, like taking money or anything like that and doing like, good research they showed very similar uh numbers you know um like a tenfold a reduction in the amount of resources period used for an electric car versus a gas car over the life of the car and so like it's definitely real but at the same time do you need two cars in your garage for everyone
0: probably not no and that's why i'm a much bigger fan uh i mentioned the last week um or the week before rather last time we did this Mm-hmm. Um, about uh, how I liked how Bernie Sanders put energy efficiency before renewable energy, yeah, energy or right, whatever right. sustainable energy. Um, and I still say that's where I stand. I'd rather take that gigantic gym that we don't really need because if people fucking walked, they didn't like we're we're built for walking. Bipedalism is like a structure for fucking walking.
1: You, hey, you could shut down some gyms or or, or, or some gyms, you know, instead like yeah, I, I mean but but i've known people that walk yeah. everywhere and they're in shape and they don't have to pay for a gym
0: right exactly that's my point yeah, it's yeah. people in cities and shit. yeah i yeah. mean people like gyms but that's also like cultural conditioning like in yeah. our whole, whole vanity culture and all there's a whole complex thing but a lot of the times when you do it for health and fitness like the reason that we have to go to a place to get fitness is because our entire built environment has a sedentary we might walk from our office chair to our automobile and then from our automobile to our couch. And that's the extent of it. But like we're literally built for walking. So if you had in uh, neighborhoods that were built for walking, you wouldn't need all that other stuff in my point. Very true. Yeah. In my neighborhood, there's like a gigantic gym talking to somebody who lives like pretty much across the street said, Oh no, that used to be like a grocery store. And there was like a couple other stores. It was like a small strip mall. And then, People, there's a whole like a bunch of housing around there. People could walk, and then that closed, and a gym bought it out, and so now it's just a gigantic gym with all sorts of really expensive, mostly really expensive cars in the parking lot, mm-hmm. and everybody that lives there in the low income and senior housing apartments and all that shit have to go to Safeway, which if you don't have a car is about an hour, uh, an hour, Jesus, Christ. oh my god, a, mi- a mile and a quarter, ah, so it's like a yeah. good fucking twenty five minute, yeah, minute walk. Yeah each way bike with a basket which makes it not practical for grocery shopping right yeah Earth is being able to hop on your bike and ride up four or five blocks grab six items you need for dinner and ride back and it takes yeah. 10 minutes round trip like if that right like and so we've just built our environment shitty and that's part of the bright green lie is like pretending that we can fix what J- james howard kunstler uh thinker i might have mentioned before calls the greatest misallocation of resources in human history which is the project of suburbia and all Mm -hmm. the bright green lines do is try and mask the fact that we fucked up that not us we just inherited that shit it was all everybody else before us (laughs) and they didn't fucking think about it because they didn't have to fucking think about it just like boomers don't have to think about the climate crisis right now because they're they're going to die. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, well, you you're lucky you've got you've got the park nearby at least you know I mean oh, yeah it, it, it's probably the same distance as the uh, as the Safeway it is yeah R- walking for health where I live is just an exercise in boredom because oh, it's suburbia there's no there's no parks or anything like that like there's a water uh, collection basin you know um uh, what do you yes. call it the every ponding uh, basin yeah yeah. yeah yeah you know um but like. Every single sign on it says, don't go in here. I mean, people do anyway, but yeah, yeah. It's just like, it's not meant to be a place where people can go and congregate and hang out. And so like, in order to get to the nearest park, I think it's like three miles, maybe more. <laughs> and so
0: and we don't have public spaces. Like I was saying, if it wasn't a gigantic yeah. gym that you have to pay for membership yeah. and instead you had maybe like a single building, you could put some office stuff. Hell you could even have a small gym in there if you wanted one for like wait, right. Um, because you know not we're not everybody's engaged in farming and construction and other things that like use their body for muscular development um uh, but uh you could have a coffee shop or a little around a promenade and there are some little like suburban style developments that are actually quite nice once you get there in your car mm-hmm. right and yeah. then like uh if you know over by morning thunder cafe and chico right. um there's there's the tea bar and then there's yeah. this like a bunch of office buildings that are like a attor- turn mostly attorneys and shit. Right. Right. Fucking beautiful, man. There's benches. There's all these pergolas and stuff. There's all these like old ass vines that have been there for 30 years. So they're all old and mature. And they've kind of like come through and tried to fix like the nice. wood underneath without cutting all the vines off. Nice. And um as it rots away and it's just, <laughs> it's just such a pleasant place to just sit. Some and
1: Bidwell like, parks right across the street.
0: And there's a park across the street. Yeah. Oh, yeah, a gigantic yeah. park right across the street. Plus, there's, like, an elementary school with a playground right across the other street. Yeah. And yeah. you have all of that if you lived in that neighborhood. You have access to those, those spaces. Um. Unfortunately, you go into most poor neighborhoods. And like you said, I'm not saying you live in a poor neighborhood. But I'm just saying, for whatever reason, they like to segregate all that shit out. And put, like, mm-hmm. the, like an apartments over here. And then the park over that way.
1: Or right behind a f- grocery f- store. The five
0: low-income yeah. apartments.
1: Yep. Yeah. But oh, we're right behind stores. Uh, there used to be, uh, what was it called? Uh, big lots. There used to be a big lots that shut down like maybe a year after I moved here. So, like, it's vacant. It's vacant. Uh, no, no.
0: Hobby <laughs>
4: Nothing, Lobby?
1: Nothing's ever vacant for very long when you can put a goddamn. Uh, uh,
0: Spirit Halloween store?
1: No, no. Furniture store.
0: Oh, yeah, the mattresses. Yeah, you have a conversation about furniture, mattresses are furniture
1: stores? stores. Yes, yes. They are. They okay, okay. Are. Yeah. Dude, this, this like two block region has like six different furniture stores. There was an Osh uh, nearby and that shut down. Oh, I was so sad. I liked Osh, yeah. I liked it too. And I moved in and it was there and I was like, oh, this is going to be a good time. And then I think within three months it shut down and that's a furniture place now too.
0: Oh, it it's, got bought. I think it got bought by Lowe's, Lowe's like many yeah. years ago, and then they were they maintaining it, it as like a, a sub-brand or whatever. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. They were just oh, kind of no. being nice, and then they closed it down. Of it yeah, started closing know. them down. I think I think that one
0: in Chico still there. No, oh, no, it's no, gone. no. Austin oh. closed the brand. Yeah. No. Oh goddamn Yeah, no. They and, and somebody like some proprietor or whatever that had cash turned it yeah. into uh, whatever franchise uh, Ace Hardware. Oh hey, at least which it's is awkward a, because if like, you go to. <laughs> A place like uh uh, collier's hardware downtown and they are also a franchisee of like true Mm -hmm. value or ace or something i I believe it's ace yeah but very nice that's the way all of our stores yeah yeah. same when i went into like a paint store in san francisco in the mission one time um and i'm just like i need hardware and i go and it's like everything's on shelves and the person that works there is like oh you need this number of screw you need this blah 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 Boom! He goes to a little box on a shelf, and he pulls out a drawer, and he digs in there, grabs nope. a bag, looks in it. Okay, here's what you want. So Rad takes a yeah. they just pack it, ver- use use of vertical space, all that oh, yeah. stuff. That, that place is so tall. Yeah. And instead, what do we get? Box stores. That Ace moved in. Like, mo- I do not know. They must have got a screaming deal on the real estate, or it's actually the developer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like a smaller developer that built that that store. Um, and they're the ones that operate the hardware store because, mm. like, there's no fucking way that can be profitable on that square footage because, like, most of the square footage, so they huge, can't yeah. fill. Yeah. And they don't have a need to fill it. They And that should have just, in the city, just, we talked about eminent domain, take that shit, yeah. and at minimum, even if it's going to continue to be, like, retail, divide that shit up. Develop it, up, yeah. it to Where you get more diversity in there, make a nice little promenade, put a little coffee shop in there or a little wine bar or whatever the fuck you want yes and then an, also a hardware store and also like maybe a clothing boutique or thrift store or something right like this all this that area art, needs it. box store bullshit just drives me fucking nuts
1: yeah that area needs it and then it's got the old blockbuster that's now spirit halloween
0: <laughs> uh the old blockbuster
1: yeah, yeah. Um, in the in that same area, it, it's not the exact same parking lot, but I think the Save Mart used to be or or, or used to have a Blockbuster like years ago.
0: Oh, the and, Blockbuster used to be on the corner of East in Cohasset. Yeah, yeah. That actually, the Subaru dealership across the street bought that, and they use it for a showroom for certain mm. models, like their higher end models. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, they they I and mean, they didn't buy it. The developer owns it. They they started mm-hmm. leasing it for like a show because the other fun. side has all the maintenance and the huge car lots and they wanted kind of like a more like intimate comfortable clean um showroom because mm. i don't think they had a showroom before they just had like the lot yeah yeah so, at any mm. rate uh we're now talking about things that are very specific and irrelevant <laughs> to anybody very of course <laughs> but this <laughs> has been with thunder's applause podcast and today we covered bright green lies and it's again like every uh week it is not uh the entire picture we just kind of scratch the surface on this stuff
1: uh um, past the veneer expose the ugliness underneath yep. it's up to you to do further research
0: <laughs> and we include a lot of the stuff that we don't include here in the description below and near the description you can find a like and subscribe button Whoa, notification right bell ting ting <laughs>
1: Get them, them all. All right. are right. We, uh,
0: we're having another. But I apologize, too, and I should have said that in the check-in. I had something, like, on my agenda for weeks and weeks and weeks. Months, in fact, I think. I fucking spaced, and so it was, like, Friday, and I was like, oh, shit, dude. I can't do Sunday. And <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so we skipped last week. And I think we yes. might actually, for a Bi-weekly. while, go, uh, yeah, twice every other week. Yeah, yeah. So, we will see you when we see you, if we see you. And if we don't see you, we won't see you. That's true. Wait,
1: do we ever see them? I don't think we ever see them. I think they see us.
0: No, eventually, maybe like if nice. people actually watch the shit, it'll be like a live stream chat on the side. And Whoa. People can talk shit to us, and we'll be like, no, fuck you. <laughs> what, what, what was the line from uh, Jane Silent Bob Strike Night? No. You an are the
1: Yes, that's more relevant than the one I was getting at.
0: <laughs> okay. Are oh, you doing the click commander? No, no, no. Oh, you ever jazz hole licked by a fat man in an that. overcoat? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> classic, classic. All right, buddy. We'll catch you later. Keep it classic. <laughs> all right. Peace out, my friend. Later. Bye. And we're off. All...